Welcome to Vegas Revealed, episode 20. Las Vegas resort casinos are officially open. How did the week go as far as crowds and safety? We talked to Review Journal columnist John Katsalamides, who's been out on the town reporting on all of it. Plus, our secret tips, all coming up on Vegas Revealed. You can visit Vegas, baby. Yeah, a number of our resort casinos have opened their doors with limited capacity, but so far the demand seems to be there. I'm Dana Roselli. And I'm Sean McAllister. Yeah, many of the resorts opened up their doors at 12.01 a.m. on June 4th. We saw celebrations and countdowns, even some masked showgirls and some go-go dancers in face shields. It's bizarre (laughs) to see, but... We have it. We have also seen lines at casinos because they just can't operate at full capacity just yet. Review Journal columnist John Castlemides, a.k.a. Johnny Katz, has been out there visiting properties, gathering information. He's been covering some of the protests here in Las Vegas as well. Yeah, we have a lot to talk with Johnny Katz about, so we're getting right to it. Katz, how's it going, man? I'm doing all right. It's good to see you guys. Great to see you, too. Great to see you. And, and, you know, it's funny because you'd think at a time where you wouldn't be busy, <laughs> uh, you were busy through this this whole shutdown. And then now that Vegas has opened, I assume you're busier than ever. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I, I can't quite um, uh, explain the, the, what it's been like other than I haven't missed any any days of the column at all. I've had more work than I know what to do with. Uh, busier than ever right now. And uh, it's just, uh, there's been no real set pattern to the whole thing, but it was, it's just been, there's every day that has, uh, that I've, I've uh, addressed has had a lot of news in it. And uh, so I'm, I've been pretty lucky to have been working through the whole thing and, uh, um, you know, kind of, I think my role has been to keep the entertainment community kind of, uh, you know, aware of what is going on with each other and, and in the field as it's been so uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a very interesting stretch, and the last few days have been uh, pretty remarkable as well. Yeah. Well, and and what kind of challenges did you face, and and how did you come up with solutions when everything shut down, and all of a sudden, uh, as an entertainment columnist, you were faced with no entertainment in Las Vegas, something that none of us could really even even fathom. But uh, when you were faced with that, I mean, were there conversations that went on in, in how to pivot or, or talk about how that all went down? Well, it, it uh, I, I knew I would have a lot of work because even though performances were stopped, performers are still, they, they're still around. They're still creating and doing and and uh, they still have something to say artistically, uh, most of them somehow. And it's as if Sean, uh, all it's, when when everything shuts down like this, it, it also means that a lot of it is relaunching in a different way. A lot of these performers are doing things that that were coming out uh, digitally mostly um, at the same time. So there was a lot of really cool stuff, a lot of charity stuff that was happening online, a lot of um, uh, people reinventing themselves online there were some very good chat shows some some performers that i hadn't really been too aware of were really killing it online and i became aware of that and a lot of them had portals of either you know charities to support other entertainers or just causes 
And through that whole process, I became, the scene became uh, online. It was a man about, uh, a man about uh, online instead of a man about town, you know. And, uh, but all those, all the people we know, all of our friends out there in the entertainment community were doing something. They were, they were, they were speaking in a different way. And that was really fascinating to follow that whole process. And on top of that, you had issues. You had issues about uh, DETR and some of the stuff you guys have been uh, covering, the 1099 workers, how they could get uh, help and where, and how shows were going to return in, in a different way to Las Vegas. We've been writing a lot about that now. Um, and, and, and then there's things like Roy Horn passing away that, you know, yeah. that, that you don't anticipate, uh, you know, that those stories were, were coming around also. And, uh, and I started riding bikes on the strip, you know, that became a thing. Walk and walking the strip, you know, and yeah. that, became, that took up time. And that was, I've had guys more traffic in the last uh, 12 weeks since I've been at the RJ, more online traffic in the last 12 weeks than in any other 12 week period since I've been there. More wow. online page views. That's, that's, that can be quantified. And I, it's like, you know, yep. there's interest it's, it's in Las Vegas. You know? It's cr incredible. I mean, I agree. It's it's insane. And, and for those that are listening around the world, I didn't mention, and you've probably picked up on it now, but John is a entertainment columnist for the Review Journal and a very for a very long time here in Las Vegas. And and John, tell us, walk us through uh, 12:01 a.m. on June 4th when Hotel Casinos opened here. I saw you were out there. I think you were at the D, right? I think the I D. saw Derek Stevens and dancing on a yeah. on a poker table or something. <laughs> The Derek platform. He was in the middle of the. Uh, it was a, he was in the middle of the gaming pit, the go-go pit there at the, uh, the yeah. D Las Vegas when it came up at 12:01. Yeah, that's where I was. I was I was standing there. They cut ribbons around the gaming uh, the gaming pit uh, to welcome people back in. And I have somewhere in here. I have the, uh, a couple of strips of it that said I survived or I came back. To <laughs> the D Las Vegas. I got two of them. They gave gave to me as I was walking in. Uh, Derek Stevens, a co-owner of the D, um, made a thing out of it. You know, at 1201, it was back to business, and we walked in, and I'm telling you, it was surreal. It was like out of a David Lynch movie. It was like, uh, you know, the, the dancers in the pits were wearing plexiglass and, and face covers, and we were all trying to stay away from each other. I had mask, a mask on. We were walking around and, uh, and watching people return to the tables, get chips, start playing, go to the bar, uh, the long bar, in this case, at the D Las Vegas, and, uh, and, and return to to uh, the Las Vegas we remember from <laughs> before this all started. Yeah. And it, last week uh, on Vegas Revealed, uh, Katz, we were talking about the fact that Derek Stevens bought uh, like 2,000 plane tickets for people yeah. from out of town to come here to Las Vegas. Do you know if any of those plane tickets were used for that opening night? I, I don't know that any were used for that opening night. I think they covered um, beginning... June 6th, I think it was this weekend that they started covering that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't think I don't I didn't know of anybody who used a ticket for that party. Um, but yeah, Derek started with a, a thousand tickets available, and those sold out within. Those were snapped up within 90 minutes, and then added 700, and then added another 300 throughout the day. And they and he said later that he could have um, given away 14,000 flights. And these are all one way one way flights, guys. And oh. uh, to Las Vegas. And I mean, how brilliant is that? Um, you know, it's the best money Derek spent here in mm -hmm. Las Vegas, that that campaign. And he's the envy of a lot of operators. I've talked to, talked to a few other resort officials who said, man, that's it was brilliant. 
It was a brilliant yeah. marketing tool. It was a it was great for business, and it was a great message. It was a great civic message. So that's that that happened right before the uh, right before the opening, a couple of days before uh, it was Monday that he put that up and, and yeah. it opened on at midnight Wednesday. Yeah. And and one picture and video that's been going around is is the go-go dancer with the face shield. So let's go over <laughs> yeah. the you know the observations. I know you've been down to the Bellagio all over and the D up in downtown and all different resorts. What have you seen that uh, we didn't see before? I think I even saw a Jubilee showgirl with a, a sparkly face mask on. <laughs> yeah, we've had um, we've had that. What you saw there that was at the D, and that's also at the Golden Gate where they have the dancers. It's it's either the shield or the face mask. One of my favorite restaurants the the uh, bootlegger all the servers wear the plexiglass so it, it looks like <laughs> it looks it, it's almost a little militant you know yeah to be approached by somebody wearing that it's um i've seen uh yeah people are being inventive about their face covers at the caesar and uh cleopatra models at uh, caesar's palace on thursday morning were wearing uh designer masks. I understand Elvis, uh, Big Elvis, Pete Valley is going to have an Elvis style mask over his face when he comes back to the piano bar there at Harris on Friday. You're seeing people be inventive about it and, and trying to get the message across. But, but I will be serious about this. People are not really wearing these masks. They're not really wearing the face covers as, as, they probably, as protocol dictates. Um, and I'm writing about that right now for tomorrow. It's it's very difficult to get a Las Vegas crowd to to wear these things in real in, in the real world. I think mm -hmm. the concept you can buy into and you know intellectually that this will help. But once you get out there, I was at Mayfair Supper Club the other night. Uh, at, you know, at the Bellagio, I've been I've been to you know various a couple other restaurants. When you're in when when you're in Las Vegas mode, it's hard to deal with them. They're not comfortable to eat. You have to take them off. To be at the bar, you have to take them off. Uh, and and uh, that's something we're going to have to address and deal with as as people, because the resorts have done their part. They've, mm -hmm. they've uh, you know, uh, set up their systems according to the, to the state's phase two directives really well. It's us. We have to now play, do our part uh, for this to work. But, and then you throw in the mass gatherings of protests and everything else into it. So it's, I've never yeah. seen anything like it in my life with these face covers. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a very um, challenging thing to, to work with, to remember to put on. You have to remember to do it. And uh, the, the, I've run into wait staff uh, employees. They all do it. Dealers do it. Everybody on, on property who's supposed to do it does it. Not that many uh, resort guests or restaurant guests do it. Yeah. yeah, and I there was one video in particular that I saw on social media. It was kind of a, a walkthrough over at the Cosmopolitan, and there were so many comments of people just saying, look at this, there's not a single face mask anywhere yeah. in the video. And from the guest point of view, you know, from yeah. the worker's point of view, obviously they're, they're following guidelines that, that are state mandated, but, um, but yeah, what do you think the, I mean, there's a big mental obstacle for people to overcome, especially when Vegas is the place in people's minds from out of town where anything goes, you can come mm -hmm. here and do whatever you want. And then to come here and, to kind of be encouraged and almost required to do something that's totally uncomfortable. 
I mean, that's kind of a difficult thing for visitors to wrap their heads around, isn't it? Yes, it runs counter to our, our message, you know. It runs counter to who we are in Las Vegas and probably everywhere else. But if you think about the messaging of Las Vegas, what are we telling people uh, across the country and internationally? This is where you come to have freedom. We've adjusted our laws so you could come here and have have as much freedom as you as, as you want for a, a particular period of time. We're a loose city. We understand that. And the thing uh, that what what this reflects now is by the way you can't breathe on each other, <laughs> and and it looks unhealthy masks either look uh medically alarming or weird depending on your point of view you remember seeing when michael jackson used to visit las vegas remember seeing those yeah. photos of him oh yeah the black silk mask mm -hmm. i personally thought that looked a little weird i you know i thought i know that he had to do it for whatever reason he had to do it but i my instinctive reaction was what is that all about and right. uh, when you see a whole group of people that way it's it, it can be a little bit uh, can be a little bit off putting and and we we like to attract people here you know it's, yeah. we're in a, a city that likes to to show its appeal and that's something we have to get around for the time being. Yeah. So can you walk us through because um, entering a casino hotel casino I know there's the temperature taking and some people were saying you get little packets with a mask and some hand sanitizer what have you experienced what's it like entering a hotel casino now um, they take your uh, temperature a lot of them do not all of them at the d and bellagio for instance they take your temperature on you put your wrist up like that and uh, and mm. and, boop, and it it's a pass or fail uh -huh. <laughs> and I, I don't know what happens when you fail yet um, but <laughs> i joked with Derek stevens i went down to the d the other day uh before they opened to interview him in the afternoon on Wednesday afternoon. And I went through and I did the thing. I had never experienced that before. And then I went upstairs and uh, and he goes, how did it go down there? And I go, I got my temperature taken. And, and he goes, good. And I said, they gave me a full physical too. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> he, how, he goes, that's our next step. He goes, how'd you do it? I said, I'm here. You know? <laughs> but uh, so you do that. And then there's hand station hand sanitizing stations everywhere. At the Bellagio, they have actual hand washing stations. Like you'd oh. see at an outdoor festival, like you'd see it, um, they're ref more refined, but like you'd see it, uh, Life is Beautiful, you know, those stations where you can go and wash your hands. Those are in the middle of the casino floor. Plexiglass around the tables, uh, three to a table at Blackjack. Uh, I think uh, that's also true of craps. There's a reduced number of craps positions, uh, a lot of hand sanitizer, a, a lot of people offering hand sanitizer around the floor. Um, they offer, they have offered masks and little kits with hand sanitizer in, in the Bellagio. You don't have to get your temperature taken at, um, where is it? Uh, no, the Bellagio doesn't do the temperature. That's right. The D okay. does, wind does temperature. Okay. Uh, it's, it's not a uniform process that way. Um, uh -huh. but you're, you're going to be reminded of especially keeping your hands clean and you're going to see on the floor of a lot of these hotels decals where we're six feet apart at the bar, at the conservatory at the Bellagio, six feet to, to line up at the Bellagio now to go to the mm. conservatory, that's a new thing. Mm. Six okay. feet apart and then inside the conservatory when you move around it's six feet apart there. The problem is, as I'm writing about now, is that you can control the, that environment uh, in, the, in the conservatory and you can spatially seat a restaurant. Um, Mayfair has the tables are, are reduced to 50% and they're distant and the people can be distant that way.
But when you are in the casino floor and walking around, you're milling around again. And, uh, you know, you mentioned, I was just at the M at MGM Grand today. I went to the mansion, but I walked through the, the um, casino and people are just smoking and hanging out like they normally do. Mm -hmm. uh, Cosmopolitan last night, I heard, was slammed. Was slammed last night, the Cosmo. Wow. Uh, and, and uh, you know, <laughs> we've let the... <laughs> yeah. We've, we've, done, we've let the stable open, man. We've opened the chutes. And people are tired of being cooped up, and it's going to now we have to remind them, hold on here. You know, in order for this to work, we're going to have to take some personal responsibility. Yeah, we are. I mean, I've seen a lot of people saying, you know, sometimes they're sitting close to someone and they realize, oh, wait, I'm, this table's a little close. You got to speak up and say, hey, can we be moved and that kind of thing. But <clears throat> I tried to get a reservation at a Wynn restaurant last night. It was completely booked. Um, I had yeah. a friend in town. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to see that people are, you know, embracing the resorts and the casinos and the opening and getting the economy back. And, and then we've got the other side where we say, well, you know, hold your horses. We need to still make sure that we are being careful because we don't want to spike in cases. And that's something that we're going to have to obviously keep watching, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there, it's a two-pronged uh, analysis here, a two-pronged review. One is, um, is the business side. And, uh, and so far, I think that the business side, we've, we, our expectations have been at least met with, with demand, at least through the local crowd. Now, the next frontier there is going to be midweek, and it starts this week. How is business going to be Wednesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, this week, after the big bubble at the beginning, with very few flights coming in? And our locals crowd has already done the thing where they're, they've done the weekend. And, uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, if we can guarantee the same type of response over a seven to 10 day period as we did over the, the first weekend. So I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking that we're going to have further emphasis on airport air travel, you know, as this goes forward. As far as from a health standard uh, standpoint, I believe it'll be two or three weeks before we really see what this opening period has been like and what it means. Um, yeah. I would anticipate that we better be prepared to see a spike and to be uh, reminded from our uh, health uh, officials and our elected officials that we have to be careful. There's nothing that has changed, you know? There's not, it's still with us. COVID's still with us. The same measures have to be taken. And uh, we need to, I think, I think we need to be reminded of it or have to be reminded of it yeah. if we're gonna make this work. It's, it's a very interesting thing, but I'm, I'm waiting to see what the, the results of these statistics are going to be from our first weekend and if there's going to be yeah. a spike in cases. I, I don't know how there wouldn't be. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see those numbers when they come out. We are talking uh, Las Vegas opening weekend observations with Las Vegas Review Journal entertainment columnist John Katsilamides. And uh, when we continue here on Vegas Revealed, we're diving into the entertainment part of Las Vegas and when we might see that scene opening up again. Stay with us. Thanks so much for listening to Vegas Revealed. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Since we are somewhat new, it always helps to keep our visibility up. And we also love hearing from all of our listeners from across the U.S. and around the world. Yeah, you can always find video interviews, content at VegasRevealed.com. We also have a YouTube page, an Instagram, a Twitter, a Facebook. Follow us on all of it. We try and post different things on all of them. It's really everything Las Vegas. And if you have an idea or a question for us, you can email us at ideas at Vegas-Revealed.com. 
vegasrevealed.com. We're back on Vegas Revealed talking to entertainment columnist John Castlemedes from the Review Journal. And uh, we want to talk entertainment uh, in this portion of the podcast. Uh, You've covered it for years and years. And we already touched on the fact that it has pretty much gone away as far as shows and theaters. We mentioned last week on Vegas Revealed that the Smith Center is closed indefinitely. Um, Katz, I want to talk to you about, I did see some little... uh, little pieces of entertainment like you mentioned the mayfair supper club now that has some entertainment right and then Mm -hmm. i think um bellagio also has some of the piano players back and and you said someone else was coming back too oh uh elvis pete valley big elvis pete valley Mm -hmm. yeah so pre-show so are we start we're starting to see some of those little pieces of entertainment but what about the shows the big shows here in las vegas what we're made of well, I had an interesting conversation with uh, with Bill Hornbuckle at the um, the acting CEO of uh, of uh, MGM Resorts International. Um, who obviously Bill's been around forever, and he's seen the whole gig. Bill has, and uh, the conversation was centered on Cirque shows, but I'm applying it to my feeling about uh, showroom and theater shows across the city, and even resident performances. He said he hoped that Cirque would be back by the end of the year. And I have to see. I have to say, I think that time horizon is realistic for a lot of the shows. I think for Cirque, they'll be, you know, with the kind of prep time they'll need and to get their whole company back in order, they might not be back until fourth quarter. I don't know if any of the residency productions in the theaters will be ready to go uh, before the late fall, early winter either. Uh, we still don't know what the rules are going to be for these shows. Um, if, let's say that there's a, a fairly uh, swift directive from uh, Governor Sisolak that allows uh, a realistic uh, format for shows to return. If that happens within a week or in a week or in, within a couple weeks, I think within uh, by the middle of July, you might be able to see some of these shows come back. I talked to Wayne Newton on uh, Friday. And he was, uh, him and I both were kind of going through this thing and we, we came to the agreement that it would be a month or so from that conversation, maybe five weeks, which puts us in the middle of July uh, for that show. He's at Cleopatra's Barge at Caesar's Palace right now, but I don't think Cleopatra's Barge is going to be open. I think that they're going to have to do something with, uh, with Wayne Newton and some other Caesar's Entertainment headliners and put them in a, in a, in a room that they can work with. Uh, more effectively with or build out some uh, ballroom space at uh, Caesar's Palace or work with Omnia, the nightclub that's op- that's mm-hmm. open right now. That's my, my, the most interesting thing in this whole conversation with Caesar's Entertainment is the use of Omnia because that's an unoccupied, beautiful, versatile facility right now. They've got Heart of Omnia in there. It's basically a little, a large lounge or little showroom. They've got the main room in there that can be worked around and, and, and constructed. And Wayne has walked it. Chippendales have walked it. And I have a feeling that that, that venue is going to be in play too. So they're not just sitting on an idea over there. They're going to, they're going to move things around. But I, as far as a time horizon, I think it'll be uh, five weeks from right now that we, at the earliest that we could start talking about going into a ticketed show. Every, all the entertainment right now, that we see in Las Vegas is, is pretty much non-ticketed. It's not event, you know, the Syslac has said it can't be an entertainment event uh, performance, but if you have a bar, if you have a restaurant like Mayfair that offers entertainment as part of the general experience, Petrosian Bar, 
uh, Don't Tell Mama downtown here, uh, the Tuscany's Piazza Lounge all have live entertainment, the bootlegger. I'm sure when the, the Italian-American Club reopens their restaurant, that lounge is going to be open. That's where you're going to find live entertainment right now until ticket yeah. shows come back. Well, and I was going to say, with so many hurdles uh, in the in the path to reopening for these shows that have been uh, historically staged in a theater environment, do you think that as we inch back to normalcy or the new normal in the entertainment world here in Las Vegas, we're going to kind of go back in history and see kind of a resurgence of the lounge show, the lounge <laughs> act? We're seeing it right now, to be honest. Yeah. In my first weekend, <laughs> that's where the ha that's where it's happening. You know, I wouldn't mind at all to see another uh, Louis Prima Keeley Smith kicks gig somewhere where someone's just swinging their ass off in a lounge. I'm all I'm fine with that. Um, but uh, I think that that is going to be uh, part of it. I don't know that we'll see a huge um, uh, ex extensive return to the lounge era over the course of the foreseeable future. But I do think that for the short term, these places that we talked about, I mean, I'm talking about the Casbar now at the Sahara, for example, um, are gonna be where you find uh, entertainers doing their thing. Kenny Davidson on Friday night coming up is gonna have Lorena Peril singing with him from Fantasy. I mean, that, <laughs> that's yeah. a great show. That's, yeah. Lorena Peril is a, is a destination performer, you know, in fantasy. Mm -hmm. People go buy tickets to see her. And, right. uh, I, and that, if you think about what the city's lounge scene used to be like and the energy generated, that's the kind of show you're thinking about is Kenny with Lorena. Don't tell mama. They're, they're even doing, they're doing comedy at Notoriety. That, that mm -hmm. they're selling tickets for, but they're doing a comedy lineup there that reminds me a lot of, a, of the, the comedy performances I used to hear about at Casbar Lounge that Don Rickles used to host, and they'd have six or seven comics come in. That's what they're doing at Notoriety on the, at the top level of uh, Neonopolis downtown. Um, so, okay. you know, that, I think that is something I, I, that is, um, if there's any kind of a positive uh, consequence to this, it is the incidental return of the lounges in Las Vegas. Right now, they're the only game in town. They're, they yeah. really are the only entertainment. Yeah, game. I love that. Well, yeah, uh, yeah I, I do too. And I think resorts are looking for ways to keep people happy at all times, right? So you hear some live music going on when you're walking by, it's going to keep your customers happy. And this is what we need to keep people coming here and wanting them to stay here is, yeah. you know, some entertainment along the way if they can't go to a ticketed show. Um, and speaking of that, I was thinking, you know, about comedians, like, yeah, like you had mentioned, but I was thinking about Caratop, how I can't wait to hear all his, his, or see all his new props and hear all his mm -hmm. new COVID-19 jokes <laughs> <laughs> and just, you know, lighten the mood a little bit. Cause I'm sure he's got them all built up. I've been watching yeah. him on Instagram. So someone like him though, he doesn't have any audience interaction really, right. if he doesn't come down and do shots and stuff like that. So it seems like, okay, that would be a good show to, to kick off. But then you think about all the people, you know, stuffed in that theater, cause he usually sells out. So what does some, what does an artist like him do? Does it, Go to a bigger venue and spread it out like an Omnia, or what? What do you do? It would be it would be something like that. And you bring up an interesting point because Caratop show, or you could even, like I saw Mayfair the other night, and and the way the stage show was performed was not that far off. They don't have the dancers, but the the, the individuals on stage were relatively close to each other. Uh, you know, Steve uh, Judkins, a singer, and Lashonda Reese, the the female singer, were dancing with each other cl at close range, and they weren't wearing masks. All that was going on. Uh, but the, the key thing with somebody like Caratop is the word ticketed. 
because mm -hmm. that show is is set up as an entertainment experience, it's under different rules right now. Okay. Um, now Scott could go over Caratop. Scott Thompson. We've talked about this in the column too. He could move his show conceivably over to uh, the Thunderland showroom, which is bigger at the Excalibur. That's where Thunder from Down Under, Hans Clock, mm -hmm. and the Australian Bee Gees perform. You could bring Scott in there and have him have whatever trunks he wants up on stage himself and have that audience, the way the place is laid out, spread out enough that he could he could perform a show there for 200 people, 200 ticketed uh, audience members. We've talked about this. I've talked to uh, Anita Mann to bring, uh, what would, it would mean to bring fantasy over to that room and have them choreograph a show that was different where they don't come out into the crowd. Um, those are ideas that are being... Uh, you know, or that are coming back and forth. Adam Steck from Spy Entertainment says he'd be up for it. They're in the same MGM Resorts International family. Mm -hmm. um, and they can sell. Scott would sell out. He would sell out oh, now yeah. with a show like yeah. that. Um, and we have been talking about this, yeah. He did something. That, it burns me up, man. I was talking to his manager yesterday, and we were talking about his beard. Caratop's beard. Did you see his beard? On <laughs> yeah. Office? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Slowly was, grown. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that we should have when he comes back on stage, this was just yesterday when Scott comes back, he has his whole beard and we make the shaving of the beard part of the show. His yeah. beard is the shaving of the beard and make it a whole thing. He right. goes off before the word got to Scott, he shaved it yesterday. Oh, <laughs> darn. To do, to do his Freddie Mercury thing. Did you see his post? He was doing the oh, I missed Mercury. it. He kept the mustache. Oh, boy. I was so pissed. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, that's a good example. You brought up an example. Or somebody like the magicians, Murray Sawchuk, headliner at Laugh yeah. Factory, Jen Kramer over at, um, at Westgate. Uh, you know, they could do something like that. George, to the comics, George Wallace right down the line, uh, Brad Garrett. Uh, yeah. You know, the, 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 the headlining comics, could, they could do that. They could come into yeah. the room. And the, the, the Westgate Cabaret could be set up for Kramer's show pretty quickly. Uh, and, right. and Wallace's too, you know. Well, and I thought too, with without um, you know really conventions going on or, or really events in the ballroom, is like when I was talking to to Matt Goss, who performs at the Mirage, uh, one of my best friends. But I said, why couldn't you use a ballroom, a huge ballroom, spread out all the tables and have yeah. everyone socially distance, and you can kind of get the same amount of people in there, but you've got a bigger space and everyone's just going to be separated, and then you've got you in the band. So I mean, there are ideas, obviously. Uh -huh that can be floated around but for now i guess right now the priority is get people in get them staying in the rooms get them gambling starting to go out to dinner and then we'll see from there yeah i think you're right and i think well you, you match shows another one if you apply the the mirage model or any you know any of the he's in the mgm resorts family you could move them anyway and, yeah. and apply that model of what they're talking about with wayne with matt you could bring the band out to the wings and they could be, they could play in a different way. He could be in the middle and he could have the rhythm section right, right behind him. There's a way to do it. There's yeah. a way that he, he, that's another one. Yeah. The, the, um, yeah. A, sh a showman, star policy yeah. showman can make this work. And uh, right. I think we're going to see more and more ideas like that to try and, and work with the, with the, uh, the directives while keeping people safe and putting entertainers back to work and giving, these casino customers something to do other than eat gamble and walk around you know yeah <laughs> yeah that's pretty much what we're doing right now yeah so if people are on social media and they see these uh 
invite, event invites that go out on Facebook. Mm -hmm. I know that uh, there have been indications about share tickets going on sale. Yeah. I just sent you something about uh, sting tickets for yeah. August. Should mm -hmm. people be optimistic about that? Or, or what's the story with these things? Not yet, especially the share show. There's no way shares playing July no. in Park Theater. Let's be honest. No way Joe Rogan's going to headline there. We don't even know what the do's and don'ts are, you know, to to set up a, a show like that. The, 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 in a lot of cases, these alerts are automated. The share one came up, I think, on Facebook. That's what got everybody excited. It's like, oh, June 11th, you know, through the through August, share you're gonna be able to see share. That was that's there's no announcement about share. I know that. I talked to the AEG people there to, yet for her to return to the stage. Sting is more interesting because he's in a he's in a timeline that kind of is almost there that August date, um, which is the same date <laughs> around the same time that Garth Brooks is supposed to play uh, Allegiant Stadium. By the way. Yeah. I would say this, and until I wouldn't be optimistic for anything in a theater uh, this year until our governor lays out the phased directives. I really wouldn't. I think you can be prepared. They're being prepared at, at Season Entertainment. They're being prepared as they can with Cirque. But until that happens, you can't be really confident that you're going to be seeing Sting in August. Yeah. You just can't. We do, it's too unknown. What if we have, you know, what if we come out with, with numbers in a couple of weeks that are just off the charts and we don't have any any phase three directives and you're holding a ticket to to um sting at the coliseum in in a month and a half uh I, it, those, you can't resolve that i i personally would tell anybody that i would be um, very uh discriminant about your expectations for for um theater shows residency shows whether it's a park theater or cosmopolitan or at the at caesars or uh, zappos theater until we get the do's and don'ts until we get an idea of how those shows can be performed, then you'll know. Yeah. Uh, but not until then. Yeah. So I guess uh, be, be a, a little, have some skepticism when you have those <laughs> things pop yeah. up in your, uh, in your little. Just be alert educated. This. Cause those are automated. Just be educated that yeah. until we really, really know what uh, the theater uh, uh, protocols are going to be, um, we, we can't say yes to it, you know, to yeah. any of these bookings. And something that's been happening simultaneously along with uh, the COVID-19 crisis and the, the shutdown of Las Vegas as we start to reopen, uh, there have been these Black Lives Matter protests that have taken over Las Vegas. And you found yourself, um, you've gone out to, to report on those and... Um, found yourself in um kind of situation that took your breath away a little bit literally <laughs> yeah. Yeah, literally it was, yeah yeah it, it was and and the the whole my involvement it was a week ago saturday it was a big protest that wound around downtown las vegas where i live and um i went i, I went to the protest to cover it intentionally i i knew what i was going to you know it wasn't like i was caught on the street or something i i offered to uh, su uh supplement my company's coverage by uh, doing a Facebook or a, uh, an Instagram live chronicle of the protest as it as it came through our neighborhood, and I went over to um, uh, Container Park where it started, mm -hmm. and we just went from there. And I just recorded about two hours total worth of uh, Instagram live video, you know, of it. And uh, the the key the the crucial point there was a lot. There was it was a, it was a very disquieting experience anyway. If yeah. you've ever been in one of these things, and this one was very 
uh, it was very contentious, you know. And I found myself at the at the uh, at the front of the um, at the police line uh, when they came back to the uh, container park. And if you know the layout of Container Park, they were lined up with the Container Park. I would be would be on my right, the line right here. I'm on the line. I was with uh, Denise Trisello, a photographer, friend of mine, great photojournalist. She's next to me, and there was really a lot of anger in this line between the protesters and uh, Metro Police. You know, it was very chippy, very, uh, very unsettling, and you could feel it. And I'm I'm moving myself to the end of the line, and Denise says, "Let's go up." Uh, to the to the balcony up here, the 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 deck of this place mm-hmm. called the City Center Motel. It's a it's a uh, value motel right on Fremont East, uh, on Fremont Street. So we go up there and everything seems to be all right. We're we're kind of above it, and then all of a sudden, man, the the gas came out. The the peppers mm-hmm. pepper pellets, whatever they call those things. The the crowd's throwing bottles, and it was all beneath us. Ooh. And then one blew up underneath us and the, the gas came up and it was over. I mean, it, <laughs> no joke. It, it is a paralyzing experience. I can only tell yeah. you that we were not targeted. I was with other journalists. We, they were not throwing stuff at us. We were not, that, we were just where we were as part of the, the, the crowd, but man, it, uh, yeah, it, your face feels like it just blew up. <laughs> it's yeah. Just, and uh, we- it, so that happened. Yeah. And we chatted the next day, Katz, and you were saying that you actually still felt it. You were almost yeah. sore from it. Yeah. I was, my ribs were killing me from the coughing and my eyes were not right. I wasn't, I was uh, disoriented through the rest of the evening. I had two conversations that night that I do not recall uh, having. I talked wow. to two people that night when I got home at the end and we went around again. We had another, a second attack that we missed, <laughs> we barely got, we barely got away from. De- Denise is part of that story. She, she went up to a, 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 knocked on the door of somebody who lives at that motel and was asking for, you know, water or something. And the, the guy inside said he, she, he couldn't let her in. There were two elderly people and there was parents, but he gave her two soaking wet towels. And when I found her, she was walking from that room and she gave me one and yeah. put it on my face. I, I put it on my face and I swear I felt it sizzle, you know, wow. <laughs> but it, it's it, yeah. I, I was I was messed up more than I, I probably uh, realized. You know, mm-hmm. I was still pretty shaky that that next day too. Yeah. Um, well, now we know tear gas works, right? I guess it's I meant to disperse bro- crowds. <laughs> I was talking to my brother the next day, and they, my family, my poor family, was like, uh, "What is going on? Like, what is happening?" Wow. Aren't you supposed to be having fizzy water in a showroom somewhere? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, brother, my brother says, uh, my brother says, he goes, yeah, you all, now you know why they've used that stuff since World War One. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It works. No, really. <laughs> and it was well, the we're... power of your Twitter page too, Dana, because I, I didn't know why people were so, all of a sudden I started getting these texts like all at once. I'm like, I'm like, how, how these people, I was telling Denise, I said, how these people know this happened? You know, I, all I did was I had Instagram live open, but I didn't post anything. And then I realized well, I, I said something. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. This, this I was watching you live and all went down and I was tweeting, Johnny Katz is okay, just to let everyone know. But, yeah, I, you know. Didn't know, I, didn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware that happened. It was just, I yeah. just thought it was coincidental. 
Um, but anyway, it was a, kind of a funny moment in the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're glad you're safe. We're glad you're okay. We appreciate yeah. your coverage. Things seem to be a little bit more peaceful these days with the protests and folks are able to get their message across a little bit better. And, yeah. and Sean, I, I know we could talk uh, on and on with, with cats about all sorts of stuff. It's been an interesting week here in Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. and it, uh, really an interesting uh, few months here as mm-hmm. um, everybody's just Ooh. tried to figure out um, their way through this and and see how how things come out on the other side. Uh, Katz, as Dana mentioned, we appreciate the coverage and and we'll keep watching. I appreciate you guys. You're, you're two of my favorites. You know that personally. Professionally. Uh, Anything you guys need uh, to, for me to fill in at a, a last moment or whatever you need. Yeah, uh, I'm in. All right. All Thank right. Thank you. Great. Thank you, Katz. Okay. Stay with us. Our tips are coming up. Welcome back, everyone, to Vegas Revealed. It's time for Dana and Sean's tips. And normally, I'd do some some tips that I that I know or have. But you know, I wanted to take some questions from some of the folks on Twitter today, and hopefully provide answers and some tips and 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 what I know so far. So we did get a tweet from Marla in CA, and she says, "Are food courts, etc., open, um, or can we get takeout at the restaurants?" So uh, I did look around, and I know that if you put in the pro- property name and restaurants. Like if you Google like Caesars Palace restaurants, a list comes up and you'll see which ones are closed. But then on the bottom, it says pickup, um, delivery or dine in. And it will have like an X if you can't dine in, a check mark if you can deliver. So you kind of need to do a little bit of investigating, but there are some that are doing delivery and pickup in hotels that are not necessarily open for dine in. So I just suggest maybe you do your research on that. Yeah, and that is on a case by case basis. There's not um, there's not a big overarching policy about what is and is not open. So you will right. have to look into that. And I know Marla also wanted to know about shows um, with larger capacities, like 700 people. And uh, Johnny Katz talked about that a little earlier. That for something like that, we're probably looking at August at the earliest before. Uh, any of those things start up again. Right. And then Brian L. wrote us saying, have any put resort fees into the room rate instead of tacking it on at the end? Uh, I did some research on that too. Didn't see any. I was, even when I was looking at something like Expedia, like when I looked at the win, if it said 189, then you went to the next page, it would have 189, you know, how many nights you were going to do it, the taxes, and then it would say plus the resort fee. So your total oh, that- would... Damn yeah, resort fees. I know there. the total. Oh, it's always so much higher than you know. You're like you think you're getting it for 189, but then boom, 135 a night resort fee or whatever <laughs> that is, <laughs> or total. Actually, I think it was total in the resort fees um, for how many ever nights that I picked. I think I put three nights in there. So yeah, you're gonna have to keep an eye out for that. Um, but look, make sure you go to that page where it it spells it out, you know, line by line. That's how you'll be able to see it. So don't be fooled by just the price that you see on this room cost, blah, blah, blah. I know Sahara did uh, get rid of resort fees for now. That is, you know, in the north end of the strip, but I haven't seen any other properties get rid of the resort fee, but we know that they did get rid of temporarily or maybe for good parking fees. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, Brian was also wanting to know about uh, temperatures being mm-hmm. taken at the resorts. 
Yeah, he wanted to know if someone does have a warmer temperature, are they given a chance to cool off? And at the very beginning of when they were talking about resorts opening, there was a meeting here, and I did see some of the folks that I follow on Twitter in the gaming industry putting out some information. And and don't quote me on this, but I remember reading, and I think I had bookmarked. Uh, I meant to go back and look and see if I could find that, but it was something about you would have like uh, – 15 minutes or so to kind of cool off, they would retake your temperature. And then if you were still high or above the limit, well, okay, that was cause for concern. And so you would have to get tested. Now, say you do test positive for coronavirus, you flew all the way here, you know, which isn't a good situation to be in, but what do you do? Where do you go? They were talking about having a non-gaming hotel, and I forget which one it was, a, basically a place for those folks that tested positive to go and quarantine. And that way it was all grouped together in one place in order to not risk anyone else around them. So I believe that's kind of the process that they have in place for that. Hopefully, if you did have symptoms and you did feel like feverish, that you wouldn't come here. But if that's the case, apparently that's what's going to happen. So just moral of the story, protect <laughs> yourself, protect everybody else around you, wash your hands a lot, use hand sanitizer, just do everything you can out of an abundance of caution. And hopefully you'll avoid those little infectious droplets. Right. Um, and then one quick little secret tip for me. I said, I've said it before in Vegas Reveal, but just want to remind everyone now more than ever, restaurants are not open at full capacity and there aren't you know, an abundance of restaurants open to begin with. So if you do come to Las Vegas or you are a local and you want to go to the strip and go to one of the restaurants, make reservations way in advance. The other night I went to do it last minute. They were all booked up. And I just want to remind everyone about Open Table. It's great. You can get on, you can see what time's available, and then you can keep adjusting or cancel on Open Table as well. It's a really great thing for booking reservations. So keep that in mind. But Sean, you just got off a plane. So let's talk about this. Yeah, I did. Tahoe to Vegas. Yeah, so I was up in the northern part of the state, up at uh, Lake Tahoe, where gaming has also resumed at the uh, casinos on the Nevada side of uh, of Tahoe. And I've got to say, like what Johnny Katz was talking about earlier, there were almost no face masks. Mm -hmm. Face masks were a rarity and and not wow. the rule up there. Um, we went up just to do outdoorsy stuff and just kind of get out of the house and <laughs> get some fresh air and hike. We brought the dog up there. So we didn't spend a lot of time in the casinos, but I did. I just uh, today flew back from the Reno airport and it was dead. It was like a ghost town there. But having said that, it was a breeze to get in and out. Yeah. Um, you know, they've taken all the precautions there. They, uh, take your temperature before you board the plane. I flew on frontier because I was able to get a ticket for $23 and 10 cents. Um, but they took the temperature before boarding. And if you had a temperature higher than 100.4, you are not allowed to fly. Face masks were mandatory. They did not have any in-flight uh, food or beverage services. Um, mm -hmm. Fortunately, there were only 60 people on the flight. Um, so pretty much anybody who wanted a row to themselves was able to. There were several people who were traveling together, and they were fine you know, sitting in the same row together. But um, space on the plane, not an issue. 
Okay. One thing that I did notice once I got to Las Vegas at McCarran Airport down by the baggage claim, there were signs all over promoting just being healthy. So there's obviously a message out there that Las Vegas wants to welcome visitors, but we want visitors to be healthy and wash hands and use hand sanitizer and wear masks when it's suggested. So that messaging is very clear at the airport. Oh, that's really, really good. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously this is what we we want people to do. At this point, we can't force them, like you said. So in Re in Tahoe and in, in Rena area in the casinos, quick question about backtracking to that. You said people weren't wearing masks, but employees were wearing masks, right? Employees were, yes. Okay. Okay. That's good yep. to know. <laughs> yeah. It, restaurants we went to at, and we we're on both the California and Nevada side of mm. uh, Lake Tahoe and employees were wearing uh, face masks and gloves at the restaurants that we went to, um, the casinos, obviously they're under the same guidelines that um, the casinos down here in Las Vegas uh, have to abide by. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, the staff at, at all those casinos need to be wearing those protective, uh, pieces of equipment as well. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, it's interesting. A lot of people on Twitter keep writing and saying, well, I'm not ready to go back to the strip yet, or I'm not going to go in a casino. I'm going to wait a few weeks. And it's like, that's okay. You know, it's everyone's choice. And those that want to go, go and, and, and be safe, but you don't have to go. Nobody's, twist in your arm. I know there's a lot of talk about it online and that can sometimes pressure people, but, um, it's at your own pace, right? It's, it's if you feel comfortable and you're ready to do it. Yeah. I was going to say, whatever your comfort level is, do that. And that applies to eating at restaurants, going to the grocery store, everything like mm -hmm. there are options for you to get the things you need without physically going. So right. yeah, move forward yep. at your own pace until we've got a, a vaccination in, in wide availability. Exactly. So we covered a lot of things in this podcast. We thank you all for listening as usual, and we hope you have a great week. We're inching toward official summer. So uh, the heat is on. Fast. Yeah, the heat <laughs> is on. And boy, it feels like it all went by in the blink of an eye. It sure does. Have a, have a great day, everyone. We'll see you next week. Yeah, breathe that doesn't air, find the love in your share.